Hey mamas, welcome to episode number 34 of I See You Mama, the podcast where we celebrate mamas just like you who are growing souls without losing their own and following their passion amidst motherhood. This episode is part two of my episode, my interview, pardon me, with Allie Henney, who is an amazing human being. You should know her if you haven't listened. I highly, highly recommend it. Part one, it's the episode right before this is number 33. Allie is a podcaster. Her podcast is called Combing the Roots. She's a seminary student and a minister. She writes her blog at the Armchair Commentary. Um, she writes articles for The Witness, and she runs her own Facebook page where she points out systemic racism in our country, which is where I live, America. She has 42,000 followers there, y'all. 42,000 people care about and appreciate what she has to say on the topic of systemic, systemic, man, I cannot talk this morning, systemic racism in America. That's pretty amazing, right? I would say so. And of course, like almost all of the guests on this podcast, she's a mom. So before we jump to the rest of her interview, I want to take a moment to ask you a favor. Sorry, we barely know each other. This podcast is coming up on a year old, and I love making these episodes. I really do. I love talking with other mamas like you and letting other people all around the globe know how amazing you are. We sometimes kind of keep that stuff on the down low. So when I, you get to shine, I really love it. It's so beautiful. And I want more people to know about these mamas. So if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, five stars, if you think it's worth five stars, it's awesome. Thank you. And share the podcast on social media and tell your friends about it. That would help so much. As of today, the podcast has been downloaded in 29 countries. 29? What? That's pretty cool, right? You mamas are making it happen. Thank you for that. I appreciate you. One more thing before we get going today. Sorry, I know I said one more thing before, but it was one more thing. Sorry. Um, today is Veterans Day. It's um, November 11th, and I want to take a moment to acknowledge the men and women who served in our military. These are brothers, sons, husbands, and fathers, sisters, daughters, wives, and mothers. However you feel about military action... It cannot be denied that these men and women lived and sometimes died sacrificially for the country and the things they believed in. And I'm thankful for those people. My own grandfather, my own grandpa, Robert Terrell, and my grandpa's brother, George Allen Terrell, who was lost in the Pacific Ocean when his plane went down. And my own little brother, Emmanuel Vincent Terrell who came home from the war with his body okay, um, but later uh, took his own life as a side effect of living with PTSD um, that he got from um, being over in Afghanistan and Iraq. So um, thank you to all who served. I appreciate you. I appreciate what you've done and who you are. And, um, sorry, I'm a little emotional <laughs> talking about my brother. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to get all weepy on you guys, but we're coming up on the two-year anniversary of his death this week, and it's a little much. So, thanks for indulging me for a second. Um, but let's get back to the podcast, which I'm sure you're going to enjoy, and, um, 
yeah, part two of Allie Honey. And um, if you haven't checked her out on social media, go find her. Go listen to what she has to say. Read her po- read her blogs. Um, yeah, just take in her point of view. It's pretty amazing. I think you're going to appreciate her and what she has to say. Okay, let's jump right in. That's, it's so hard. Like you want it as a parent to like shield them from so much. It's not like I sat down my kids and said, here's every bad cuss word, you know, like here's every, but I did educate them about, for example, the N word. And like, there are things I'm like, you're not going to say those things, but I, you know, almost as a parent, I want to be like, okay, I don't want to list off like every bad word. Cause then they'd turn around and be like, ha. I have this word in my vocabulary now. And I almost wanted to like say, we're not going to say that word or, or kind of put a shield around that word and say, that's not a word I'm going to teach them. Cause I don't want them to, to use it ever. You know, it's like when I, you, the kids hear the, like, if they hear like the S word or the, you know, the F word, I have one kid who's like, huh, I'm going to use that word. And I, so I didn't want to give him almost ammunition. I'm like, if you ever, I swear to God, if you use this word, boy <laughs> but like in this at the same time like he I knew he would hear them like I knew my kids would hear them and to be like this is when you hear this word this is what this person is saying like they're saying horrible things about this person and they're they're saying like a history of bad things like not just like mean to that person right now but like bringing up an entire history of things that would also hurt that person and just kind of putting that education in them. And I, 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 it was sad that, I, that we have to do that in this world today, but we kind of do. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's true. And, you know, for my, for my daughter, it was an issue of her just being like aware because my, my oldest, she is, she is just, I'm, I'm trying to think of like how to, of how to describe her and her personality, but she is the type of person that she's she's very she's very her personality is very sunny she's very much just like sometimes mm. sometimes I think that she um I've not really seen anybody like be mean to her but I always am concerned that maybe she wouldn't realize that somebody was was being right. mean to her um just because she is so um she's so just like oh everything is is good and always you know always finding the the good in people and finding the good in situations and whatever and so um and so just you know she's just very trusty I mean I guess in a lot of ways she's kind of sheltered and that's not and that's not been like intentional like oh we're gonna like raise you in a bubble kid and never expose you to anything that's just kind of been what's what's happened um that's just sort of been what's happened so 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 realizing that like she somebody could say something to her and her not know that like somebody could say the n-word to her and her not know that it's a bad Mm. word and it's a bad situation and whatever and so like i i just i realized that like i i because those are types of things that also like i need to know as a parent if somebody calls you that i need to know who it was i need to know like why what happened what was the situation did you just hear somebody saying it did they say it to you like i need to know all of that so that way i know because kids are just are are kids or whatever and unless they like because i i know that in my own development like i something that was that was kind of integral because my mom we didn't really like 
have that conversation, have that conversation. But I was, but I like, I knew I was exposed to talk about race. So I knew that the N word was a bad word. And like, I knew that it was right. something that, 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 that was bad that white people said. And so I just, so like, it was something that I knew that I just wanted to have that level of intentionality um, rather than it just kind of being something that I hope that she, um, that she absorbed by osmosis. I wanted to make sure that she knew. Okay. And so we had a, we had a big conversation about it and um, you know, we watched uh, most of Roots. We still have a couple of uh, parts left to watch. We most watched most Oof. of Roots, yeah. um, where you hear that word um, actually with some with some frequency in it. But just and some yeah, power. and just just teaching her just that just something that simple. So if you if you hear this word, but like I said, also teaching her the difference between the hard R and the and the A. So teaching her the difference between er right. and uh. And so sort of like learning how to apply that to different situations. So like, you know, if your black friend says this to you, then, you know, like, like it's like, it's okay. Like they're like, they, like they're trying to be your friend. Um, but if a white right. kid says this to you, then you need to like, it says something about their yeah, family. Like it says something, it says something It's like, like you need a nine. Exactly. Item. It says something that, and it's like, you know, and, I, and it's like you teach my kid, like if you hear somebody say something to somebody else, to one of your other friends that are black, you need to stand up and say, don't say that. And so even teaching her, so this is once again, like that whole whiteness component is that like, because she's a light skinned black girl, she has some privileges that accrue to her. And some people, I mean, like, yeah. I don't know if people would ever mistake my child for white, but people could maybe not think that she's black. And so like think that she's Latina right. or something like that. And so in that situation, like using that power that she has as a light skinned person to be like, no, you're not going to say this and to stand up and to stand up for somebody. Um, if they hear that or to stand or to stand with really is more of is more kind of what I've taught her is like if you if somebody says this you go and stand beside your you go stand beside the black person and you and you say like we're not going to say that and so like you stand you stand with them and so like kind of teaching her that um so so teaching that 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 healthy I guess white identity that's like the one aspect even though I didn't really put it to her as Oh, I was like, oh, because you're All part right. white, you need to do this. It's like, it's ally. like, no, black people stick together. Like, was what was the perspective right. I taught? It's like, black people, we stick together. And so, if somebody does this, yeah. then that's what you do. But also, the inherent part of that is that she's light skinned, and so, like, if somebody says something they might not realize who they're saying it to or they might not realize who they're saying it around or whatever. And so, you need to so you need to learn how to how to speak up and say, nope, not okay. Right. But you know what? I, I'm, I'm just, there was a, an incident where I was watching like a video. This is, it pertains, I promise. I might go on a little rabbit trail, but I'll come back. Um, I was watching a, a video. It was an African-American mother and she was at the park with her children. And this little white girl, she couldn't have been more than like six, came up and patted her baby on the head and said, this is a N word. And she was like, hey, uh, what? And so she's like, she pushed back on the little girl and said, what does that mean? What does that word mean? Why is he that? And the little girl did not have an answer because it was a word she had been given for people of color. Like she didn't, it wasn't like a loaded thing for her. And then immediately this little white girl turned to the woman's other children and said, hey, let's go play. And the mom was like, actually, you're not going to go play with her. But like that little girl 
in her six-year-old mind, did not know that she was saying a loaded word or that she, it, it just seemed like she didn't even know what it meant. She just assumed that meant that baby was a baby of color. Like, that's what it seemed like. It was, it looked so, in my mind, I was like, but somebody taught her that. Somebody, and so like, she's okay, but like whoever was raising her was teaching her that. And I realized like how often kids absorb things and just say, oh, this is just the way the world is. You are a baby. You're an N-word. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it's, it speaks volumes to like where people are coming from and how they're raising their children. Like that, that, that word would come up and you would teach a six-year-old that word to, you know what I mean? Like I was just, that one video made me think for a long time about what I as a parent teach my kids and what I pass on. And, and, and it, it was actually the reason why instead of sort of shielding my children from those words, I pointed them out and said, actually, these words are very hurtful words and we don't say them, you know, it's like, but you don't think about that. I, it, it, it took something like that to kind of open my eyes and go, Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, something needs some proactiveness, something like that. There's so much just to that, to that little exchange. There's so much to unpack right. just in terms of what was happening in that situation versus even like right. a black person's or, or like black person versus white person's reaction to that. So what I hear you say right. is like, oh my gosh, I see this little girl. I see that, that this is a word that, that she's been given and she maybe doesn't un- fully understand the, the, the need, the, 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 the impact of it, the whatever. And, and, and I think that that is, that that is maybe a reality and maybe a truth there. But as a black parent, I see that situation totally different. So I see that. So I like, I see that almost everything, like the inverse of the way that you think about it. So a lot of what, a lot of, yeah, yeah, definitely. So a lot of what you said is, is you are emphasizing the little girl's innocence is she's, she's innocent. She couldn't possibly know. So my question is, Mm. first of all, you you're assuming that just because she's a child that she's innocent and that she doesn't but but right. studies show that kids know that that kids that little kids are racist basically <laughs> um that right. that there's not the words for it there's not necessarily the language for it but kids young, young kids are able to perceive racial differences like i'm ta- talking young kids i'm talking about infants are able to understand right. racial differences and they're even even to the point where they're able to develop preferences and some of that some of those preferences are based upon who their caregivers are well then as they develop even right. i feel like as early as maybe two or three kids start to show a preference for certain groups and even they start to they start to associate um studies have found that even kids as young as two start to associate positive and negative characteristics with certain people based on their race so by the time mm they're in preschool and early elementary age, they already have racist ideas in their minds. They just don't necessarily have the language for it and to articulate it as in the way that adults would, but they, but they most definitely absolutely have the language for that. Um, You know, you talk about a little girl that maybe was, was maybe six, seven years old. Well, I was called the N word for the first time whenever I was that age. In a, in a way yeah. that was in a way that was derogatory and was clear that this child knew what he was saying when he said it. And mm. so um, and at that age, I also knew the N word was one of the first words that I learned how to read because 
of it was really? it was one of the first words that I learned how to read um, because I, I grew up in um, the I was a, I was a child kind of in the in the early 90s I was born in, in 1985 so I was a child kind of in the in the early 90s um, late 80s so there was kind of a moment in uh, talk television where it was in vogue to bring people like the clan on and they would come and they would spew their hate and everybody would be you know outraged by it or whatever and that was kind of a moment Oprah did it Geraldo did it um, several I think right. Donahue did it several things did it and I believe that it was on uh, the Sally Jesse Raphael show that I um, was watching it and saw with this thing with the Klan and I remember seeing it was like maybe a lighter or something but it was this, it was this little blue thing that had a confederate flag on it and it said in word go home and I recognize mm. the word home because my mom watched the home show which is a show it came in came on in the same time slot that the view um comes on now i think the view right. might have actually replaced the home show um but it but i so i knew that word because um, i was probably like preschool kindergarten age because i could read before kindergarten i could read a little bit before kindergarten uh, my mom says that I, I started reading at three and a half so i so at some point so somewhere from 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 right. there um that, that my mom so would teach me would teach me words and i would be able to to recognize them even even at three and a half and so it was somewhere in in that time frame that and I remember seeing it on the screen and seeing the words because because whatever it was was on the screen and it was on there for a while and the way that my memory of this of this of the moment was um it was either my grandma or one of my aunts reading what was on the screen and me seeing that word. And so then me seeing that word like other places. And that, that was one of the first words that I, that I learned how to read. And so, and I knew that it was something that was negative and meant, and meant black people. So I, so I say all that to say mm-hmm. that, so that little situation, I see a little girl that, and yes, little kids, you know, they go up and they see a baby and they'll, and they'll pat and they'll pat a baby and they might just pat the baby. Um, they might just pat a baby on, on the head. Um, but my question would be how many, how many white kids go up to white babies and say like, Oh, this is a, like say something other than baby. Like, I'm like, right. but the fact, like like nobody's gonna say like this is this is a white baby like nobody's gonna say whatever so like the fact that yes those those are best words and language and stuff that she definitely has has been given but the fact that she like knows to be able to go up and to be able and to be able to say that and like yes at the end it's like oh yes go like like go play um but there are a lot of people that are racist or that that come up in those types of concept in those types of contexts that might still like play with you they might still employ you but they believe in your inferiority so for me because i because i because i've actually um been in in situations with children um there there is a family member um well i'll just i'll just go ahead and say i have my 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 in-laws um their neighbor across the street neighbor has a confederate flag on their house and so um they like this is something that and i feel like that this confederate flag actually appeared sometime after the charleston shooting because i'm pretty sure these people had been their neighbors for a long time and um but i but i noticed their flag and i would have noticed their flag before charleston but i noticed it um because because they they lived in a different state for us um from us in a while um so this flag like appeared while while i lived in virginia and i didn't like notice it notice Mm it um until until we had moved back and so anyway they they um have uh some kids that are the same age 
or very close in age to my kids. And so um, I just kind of thought that it just kind of went without saying that, like, you know, don't have my kids over at these people's house or like, you know, my kids don't get to play with those kids. I just kind of thought that 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 would like went without saying, cause I mean, you know, like there's like, I mean, they're advertising their hate on the door. Like, right. I mean, so, so we ended up, um, long story short, we ended up, my husband ended up having to have a conversation with his parents because um, he was, he was at, at, uh, was, was at home. Um, He was, he was staying with them. Like him and my girls were were staying with them um, while I was, while I was working on a paper because they only live about an hour away from me. Um, So they, so, my kids and my husband had stayed at their house and my, and I was at home working on a paper. And so my husband was working from home. And so he said um, that he came down uh, from, from working and, and, you know, saw, saw the, the, the little kids from across the street um, at my, at my in-laws house. And so I was just, cause, cause it was one of those things that I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I know that I probably, um, at first I was like, okay, you know, I know that we probably need to say something to his parents about it because whenever they, whenever my, my oldest was first born and, and whatever, it was like, oh yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna like, we, oh yeah, we can try to, you know, have play dates, blah, 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 blah. But I had noticed that like after the flag had appeared and after I had been talking about the flag, like on my blog and all this other type of stuff, my mother-in-law hadn't said anything else about it. So I thought that she had gotten the message that she had gotten the memo somehow like, oh, this isn't, this isn't right. the thing. This, this isn't going to happen. Like I thought, like, I mean, it, it's totally like, like me not doing before it was me not doing my due diligence, but also my in-laws having these, the, these racial innocence ideas about, about stuff. And it's like, and so my husband had to have a conversation with them and be like, well, no, like our kids don't get to play with those kids because this is an indication, like, like this flag on their house is an indication of what their values are. So little kids can also have these ideas and can say things. They might not, maybe they don't fully comprehend what they're saying, but these kids could say right. something to our kids that could be hurtful to them. Um, like we yeah. just like, 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 no, we don't, we just, we don't want our kids around, around these people. Like period. Um, yeah. It just, just, you know, because, because they're advertising, they're advertising their hatred on their house so yeah like you know maybe there's like all sorts of quote-unquote valid explanations for it and maybe and maybe the people are really stand-up people and just like i don't know why they have a confederate flag on their house but anyway like so so it just it says it says it says says a lot and so we just had to say like because because my in-laws you know and they were just you know they were very apologetic and they're very like you know oh my goodness we didn't we didn't you know we didn't think that because because i mean they the the funny thing because once again that whole myth of white racial innocence they understood about the parents they understood why right. the flag was a problem they understood why we were mad about it but they just thought well be well it's because it's kids like it's little kids so it so it doesn't matter and it's like it's little kids but it absolutely does matter because because they are transmitting their they 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 can transmit the things that they've that they've learned to our children and that can be and that can be harmful for them and so do they have and so it's and also you know it's also not uh, you i mentioned you i talked about you the first time i've been called an n-word you know of seven years old and so it doesn't take and called that maliciously, not not in this precocious, quote unquote, manner. It doesn't take very long for kids to learn that something that they're saying is bad or something that they whatever like it doesn't it doesn't take it very, very long, even if they don't fully understand the implications of it. But they start to understand. I know it's hurtful. What would you say? Yeah. 
they know it's hurtful. And so it doesn't, I mean, it just, it doesn't take very long with race to realize, oh, it's only a certain, it's only people who are a certain color that you call this. And oh, people get mad. Mm. So for me, like, like I said, you know, seeing that situation as a black, hearing that situation as a black parent, for me, it's, it's not like, oh my goodness, this kid has been given the, has been given just these awful words and doesn't, and doesn't really know what she's saying. And she's, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And seeing her innocence, I see it as like, oh my goodness, these people have indoctrinated have indoctrinated their child to the point where she can brazenly go up to a Black family and use this language and, and not mm. realize that, that there are consequences to using this language for her. Like, it's right. so, it's, it is so right. normalized. Like, if, if my child saw a baby or saw a Black baby or something – or a white baby or whatever, she would just say baby. My three-year-old would just say baby. My my five and a half year old right. would just say, Oh, look at the baby. Right. Like she wouldn't need to I mean maybe she would say something about like, oh, the baby's black or something like that. Maybe she would say that. But most but she's gonna emphasize the fact that it was a baby and not use like uh, like somebody's skin color or something like that. Like like talking so so basically this child was talking about this baby like it was an object. Like it wasn't even like, oh, right. look, it's an inward baby. It's just an inward, like that. Like that's really right. deep. So for me, it's like, so for me as a black parent, like I see yeah. that, and I'm just, or I, you, know, I hear, I hear that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this tells me, and it does, and and, and something that you that you hit on that I think is is 100. It does reflect on the parents. It does reflect on the type of environment that that child is raised in. But it, I would also say it also reflects it also reflects on the child and it doesn't reflect on the child in the sense of like you know how dare you like you know don't repeat the th- the values and stuff that you've been that you've been taught in your in your home it's not like right. that type of thing but it's like oh this this reflects on the child in the sense of how how is it what does it say about their home what does it say about all these things that that is that that is a, a a preschool an early elementary a primary age child's response is to be is to say like oh we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna use this word to describe and not and not call right. the 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 infant by by what it by what it is which is it which is a which is a baby because you know, I can almost guarantee though she saw a baby cat right. or something she'd be like oh baby cat oh baby shark oh baby whatever. And so like, right. but it's like, oh, this isn't, this isn't inward. And so anyway, so I say all that to say like, I, like, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, you have, you have some good observations there. Cause you, cause I mean, you're right. Like this is like, that's horrible that these, that these parents. And I think there's also like, because I think that the child definitely, I, I, I would agree, doesn't maybe fully apprehend what she just said and what she was doing and then the fact that it's like oh we can go play together even after saying something so violent and horrible Uh, like like that's like oh we can go play together so that's like there's there's so much that's that's going on there but as a black parent it's like i would like i would have snatched all my kids up and just be like okay yeah we're not like we're we're like we're not gonna be here or like oh no no you ain't playing with them or like i would have like her her parent i'd be like like who's your mama like what like and been like, <laughs> yeah. your kid just came up and said and said this stuff to my kid, and now she popping off wanting to play. Um, I need for you to go to to keep your child away from mine. 
like like we're like we're not gonna right. do we're not we ain't doing this right. on today but anyway yeah well and i need it it's so eye-opening to like i'm still coming at this from my perspective like it's so eye-opening yeah. to have well, like a different perspective like let me push back on that for you ariana and i'm like yeah i need that pushback to say like well this is where i'm coming from because that's my understanding of the world you know and I need your, I need other people's understanding to like say, hey, listen, your pri- your perspective is not the only one. And, Let me, let's well, you know what this. the good news is that you know? as you have those <laughs> moments, you start to learn. Like I, I know so many white people who, as they've started to engage with with aspects of justice, it's almost. I actually just had a conversation last week with somebody who is like, once you start seeing stuff, it's like you can't you can't unsee it. And once mm, once your eyes yeah. are open, you start asking a lot more questions about a lot more things. I, I have a good friend um, who is a white adoptive parent, and um, you know we we talk regularly. We 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 text regularly. We're both we're both introverts. We do talk on the phone. Um, we do talk on the phone. <laughs> and actually, I probably talk on, to her on the phone um, more than I talk to anybody on the on the phone. Um, but but we tend to we tend to text each other and stuff a lot. And um, she is okay. and she's constantly like her like her thing is she'll ask me questions about stuff and she'll she'll realize stuff or recognize stuff that stuff that's like it's there in the back of my mind i'm thinking about it but i'm not really whatever but she'll just she'll you know ask these these just these hard questions that she's not asking me like hey can you answer my life but she's like I never realized that this and that and this and that was racist or that, you know, this thing that somebody, I, like, like I heard myself say this and realized this was horrible. And, or I, you know, I started right. to watch this and I, you know, I wanted to show my kids this show that I liked whenever I was a kid. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awful. I can't believe how racist it is. Or I can't believe all the things that are problematic that are in this thing. And once you start this example, Little House on the Prairie, yes. forever. Oh, yes, there's so many things. There's so many things so many that things. you start to see it. So like many. even stuff that maybe for its time was progressive, <laughs> but then you look at it Instant. like now and you're like, oh my gosh, this wasn't like, this is, this is terrible. Like, what are they, what are they, what are they right. saying? Well, I was Don't say okay. that. Like I like, so total confession here. Um, but, well, first of all, I guess like double confession. I grew up watching soap operas, <laughs> like grew up watching them yes um like and, and so i watched all the cbs soap operas so young and the restless bold and the beautiful as the world turns guiding light um because my because i was raised in part um by by my grandma and so like mm-hmm. she watched them i was watching her watching stories, stories with her right and so then my mom also yeah. um she my mom watched all my children from like the very beginning and so then she also uh okay. watched there was there was a a a, a soap opera for a while um that was called loving that was on abc and then she also whenever she found out about generations is a very short-lived black soap opera that came on nbc um but all my children was like what she watched and so my mom worked and so like i'd be at my grandma's house and would watch and would watch her stories on cbs with her and then sometimes like in the evenings and stuff because she would tape them for my aunt for my aunties and then my aunties would watch it and so and then my mom she would tape her soap (laughs) opera she would tape all my children she tape her her soap operas and so then i'd come home and watch soap operas so i watch soap operas a lot so um Recently, <laughs> I, I won't say where I have where I have found soap operas, um, but I recently have started watching all my children online 
and um oh, really like i just like i i like i, I there's there's a particular storyline that i remembered and so i was able to basically like find um episodes from like that whole entire year so i've started watching <laughs> all my children um like i started <laughs> in the beginning of, of 1992 and so i'm like three i think like august nice. of 1992 now um and so I and so I watch so I watch all my children and it's and it's very cathartic to watch it, but there's a storyline um, where one of the characters yeah. was a um, so first of all there is so much that's problematic with with soap operas y'all but it's like really problematic like like teenagers with like grown adults and I'm like why like yeah, yeah. like wh- why did anybody think this this was okay even in 1992 why did you think it was okay to put I, like I this 17 year old with the 27 year old as like a love interest why is this happening but anyway um there's a, so there's a storyline of this young man who was um a victim of a hate crime of what we would call a hate crime today and um so kind of right. within that storyline um that went to trial his mom was a was a lawyer she didn't try the case um because I mean, even though it is a soap opera, they try to be realistic about that kind of thing. Um, so she she right. didn't try the case, but his mom was a lawyer, and so then his mom, um, she is starting to date this this guy who is white, and so then um, his biological dad, who's black, comes back into town, and so there so there's like this love triangle on top of oh your child also experiences hate crime. So there's a lot of talk about of race, and so they're all right. so there's like these moments where it is all and they almost always have the black characters doing it where there's all these platitudes about about race and about racism and they're terrible like like they're like they are like i'm sure that they were progressed because because soap operas that was something that um I think ABC soap operas did especially, and I think especially well, um, but other, but other soap operas also did this where, um, where they would make social commentary on things. So there were a lot of, um, so there were a lot of things that, that happened on soap operas that I won't say that they influenced like legislation and influenced that type of thing, but they brought to the front, like a lot of, a lot of issues of the day. And so an issue of the day being 1992, the Rodney King beating, the Los Angeles Angeles riots, right. all that type of thing. So there, so you, they have these characters that were probably written by by predominantly white, a predominantly white writing staff, just pontificating about race. And so they get get it right that racism is wrong. Like they like they understand that. Right. They understand that like it's not okay to discriminate and all this other type of stuff. But the thing that gets me is they'll be like, yeah, you know, both like like so so like they'll, so, so like there's a, a character that like called. Um, one of the other like a black character they're called the other black character racist because of their reservations for wanting to date this white character and so it's like well that's nothing but racism oh. and it's like actually that's not racism that's <laughs> like that's right like, that, that's like that's like she doesn't know, like, she doesn't wow, she has reservations down. about and so then like there's also like so then like the character the same character like uses like because she she really loves the guy but at the same time like she just wants her life or whatever so she tells him well you know what i like i don't like i don't want to date you because you're white and so he and he's like that's racist and i'm like Mm. that's not racist though (laughs) like i mean like that's not real that's not her real reason she lied to you but she wasn't but she wasn't being racist like she just like like that wasn't that wasn't or like it'll be like oh all this stuff on both sides i'm like what about both sides though 
Like, like, so it's just yeah. all this stuff that is like extremely, extremely, extremely like problematic. But, but anyway, but I watch it and it's, and it's my guilty pr- pleasure. But, but we see like this progression of how like the white, kind of frame of mind thinks about things and so you know being able to be in that space where you're mm-hmm. able to where, where as time comes along and you start to you start to uh notice things more it definitely ruins stuff for you so that kind of like it ruined i mean but also like the statutory rate kind of ruined all my children for me just a little bit um which i guess oh, it wasn't actually there was there wasn't statutory i, I guess i shouldn't that- say that because 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 the characters <clears throat> didn't do that they didn't do that but it was but it was like oh this right. was like this is like really like sketchy that you have that that you're dating (laughs) but i think that point of view still persists like i've heard that like black people are racist and there was actually it might have been you or someone else but in this sort of vein of things like that corrected that thinking for me that like a racist attitude is cannot come from like a minority. It cannot come from a person who doesn't sit in the seat of power. Like you can say, I don't want to participate in that, but it's not like I'm not making this distinction because of your color because you're not coming from a place of power. Am I saying yeah, that correctly? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, people can be prejudiced. Like like anybody can be prejudiced. Um and there are people that don't necessarily right. like like black people, like like scholars um that don't necessarily agree with the prejudice plus power um, definition of racism or don't fully don't don't fully carry it to um, those implications there there are but that's but that's like the vast minority most people are like no racism is prejudice plus power and it's much easier to just to define it that way yeah. um, and I and a lot of the rationale behind that is to reserve is is in a way it's reserving the word racism not just for like the most egregious of crimes but but the but the systemic emphasis on it so it's like you know anybody can be racist and so but it's like you know or anybody can be prejudiced i mean but like there there's only a certain group of people that have that have the historic power and and privilege to to actually enact a system that affects people's lives and have affected people's lives for hundreds of years and so that that institution is is racism and so yeah i I think that you that you articulated that like that was that's that's good yeah and that's i mean that's something that like i i see so predominantly so i still you know I say this with a grain of salt, but like I follow, I come from Texas. And so like, I'm friends with not just like the people that I grew up with, but like people that my parents knew and their kids. And like this kind of little friend, this, this little thread of thought that feeds its way through my Facebook feed. And then, you know, I live in a very progressive area of East Nashville. And then there's this other little thread of thought that feeds its way through my Facebook feed. I'm like, these are very different ways of experiencing the world. And like to one group of people, this is a normal. And to another group of people, this is a normal. And like in my Facebook feed, it's like oil and water. I'm like, wow. Some days just watching the conversation go down especially if it's something I post and like having each side of those people kind of contribute to the conversation I'm like oh girl okay this could get (laughs) Uh, wow okay let's keep talking about this stuff guys it's gonna get hairy yes let's go (laughs) you know and and to accept that like to like say that these are these are people whose minds I can't change because I'm not in a place where we have that kind of relationship um, and how to proceed with like 
okay, I respect you. You're my mama's friend from church when we were kids. I don't think that we should be friends anymore. And actually I'm going to meet yep. you <laughs> because of the things that you say, like I'm, I'm, I, because I'm not like going to be the person that like gets on there and says ugly stuff back to an elder. Um, I'm good, but I am going to say, actually, I'm not going to listen to this right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's really hard for me to especially speak back to an elder and say, you know, actually, it's not okay to talk that way anymore. The world has changed and it wasn't okay back then, but people kind of gave you a pass. But uh, the world has changed and you can't talk that way anymore. It's really hard for me to say that to an elder. Um, and I don't know how to, how to walk that line. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know how to walk that line as a, as still somebody's child. And like the, the person of my age, who's like, there's people way older than me who have lived much longer and how to be respectful to them. And also to say, um, actually, you know, like, you know, I have a relative who says words and I'm like, those words are not okay. I don't care that you're in your nineties. Those words are not okay. Anymore. And you know, you bring up something that that's like, like kind of you know, what you're saying that the sentiment that you're expressing is a very common sentiment. Um, black culture we also have a, a lot of uh profound yeah. respect for for our elders and for like you know you don't you don't treat certain people a certain way or you don't you don't pop off and and talk back um to people to people a certain way and so i definitely understand that that value and that that that, that cultural value um that you were that you were raised with and and raised um to respect for me something that that i that i always tell people is that it's not so much for the person as for who's listening. And unfortunately, this is one of the ways that white supremacy is able to solidify itself in families, that it's able to solidify itself in certain spaces because um, white people tend to tend to where like I said black culture we definitely respect elders we definitely there's there's a point though at which if an elder is like really really wrong about something we very that like like it's not often that you that you let that just completely totally slide like there there are ways sort of around that moray of disrespecting elders that you can that you can offer them correction um without without correcting them or without without correcting them like in a way that that is a rebuke um we we have kind of cultural tools to be able to be able to do that that i don't think um that white people necessarily have or necessarily exercise and so i i say all of that to say that um i think that it is that is actually very important um there's this there's this mindset that's like well you know grandma bessie is 92 years old and so her spouting her hateful ideas really doesn't matter because she's because she's really not affecting anybody except for herself. She's like she's lived her life. Right. She's had those views her whole life. You're not going to you're not going to change her views. And you know what? Yeah, I would say Grandma Bessie has done a lot of damage in her time, probably. And you probably right. aren't going to change Grandma Bessie's views. At, if she's 92 years old right. you might not be able to change her views because she might have have so much hostility just even to to hearing uh, hearing different perspectives built up um at 92 years old she has lived through two civil rights movements and has willfully still chosen mm-hmm. the side of the oppressor so i would say like you know, right. grandma bessie was 92 years old is alive was alive during the civil rights movement was alive during segregation and jim crow and all that other type of stuff and so if she's still making the choice to talk about people a certain way that was a willful choice 
that was a that was that was willfully right. no i am not going to change they're not going to change my say my, my way of life they're not going to change my customs they might they might have changed them on the outside but i'm still going to hold the line for for the heritage or whatever for the culture i'm still going to hold the line but and so and so you you might not be able to change grandma bessie but grandma bessie's mindset replicates over generations and if nobody's going to stand up to grandma bessie to say like no this ain't this ain't okay like this th- like, like like this ain't sweet you can't you can't say this grandma like this isn't this these things are not okay then what it tells of subsequent generations is that while it might not be okay to say these things in public it's okay to say them at home and so that's how you get that six-year-old right. little girl that we talked about earlier is because is because nobody's yeah. willing to correct nobody's willing to go against grandma bessie nobody's willing to go against grandpa clem and tell them don't say this this isn't okay so then you end up with your right. parents you're, you end up with, with your parents generation then well these things well yeah we know that that you know you can't say these things in public but it's okay it's okay to say them around the house i mean nobody like it's our it's our house nobody, people can't tell us what to say and so then right so then you have you you have your parents you have you have aunt phyllis you have uncle charlie you have you have the conversations at the dinner table where, where certain words and ideas are being passed around and so and nobody's there to correct it oh obama obama divided the country and nobody's there to correct it obama made everything about identity politics and because nobody's because nobody wants to create nobody wants to correct an elder there's nobody there to say hey actually what you're saying is okay right now and so then our generation then we we hear those things as children and we and we hold the line and it's and and i say i say we um i'm speaking of myself speaking of myself like as if i was a white person growing up in this type of context so so then we hear um white people white people of a certain age grew up well you know you can't you can't say anything to grandma bessie you know yes she says those things and it's but but what that said what, what does that say to you as a kid and so then that's why you have to unlearn all this stuff that's why at you know 20 30 40 years old people white people are saying well i, I i've had to unlearn all this type of stuff is because their baby boomer parents yeah. um their, their 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 older um parents never corrected grandma bessie at the dinner table and so then and so then your parents become grandma right. bessie who who your kids don't want to correct and so then your kids have to undo um all the things that they that they thought because it's it's really at is in those family spaces that that that's that is the level where a lot of people you might not ever be on anybody's stage you might not ever be teaching anybody's class you might not ever be getting anybody's degree in sociology or degree in whatever in in whiteness studies or whatever wherever you might not be that person but you can but you can silence the white supremacy that's going on across the the, the dinner table at thanksgiving or the, the 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 um the racism that's that's happening in family conversations whenever everybody's just kind of all gathered around together sitting on the front porch i don't know what what people what people do and so it for me it's not i, you know, I always tell people that it's not it's not for grandma bessie's sake it's not for the older person's sake it's for the younger people who can hear and so you know white culture really emphasizes like this idea of politeness and propriety and everything's done and everything is done decently and in order and so like i definitely get where it can feel 
like like well you're shackled to where i'm like no i can't i can't say this i can't say this to my mom's to my mom's friend that would be that would be disrespectful but a lot of that stuff is psychological there's no there's no efficacy to it like if you if you tell your mom's racist friend to stop being racist i mean like the worst thing that happens is what you're right i never thought of it that way See, you're changing my mind about things already. Awesome. (laughs) Well, I just want to say thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And I I mean, even in this call today, like I got a perspective that I didn't have before twice. I'm like, oh, more education for Ariana. This is what I need. I need to, not that it's your job to educate me, but that I'm seeking this out to be like, I need to. I need to choose a different path. Like I can't continue down this path. Our country can't like we as parents can't like we can't continue down this path of like believing and thinking our in the old ways that that were sort of like uh, winked at in the past. Like, oh, it's not OK, but it's we're going to let it slide. You know, I think there's just so much that like for educationally that we have to that I have to make a di- like make an effort to change the way I think and and to be open to a new perspective so I'm really grateful that you came on the show and I'm really grateful for the work that you're doing yeah thank you for having me on I really appreciate it you're so welcome and uh, for listeners I, I would love for you guys to go check out Allie's podcast called coming the roots and just check her work out on Facebook and um, do you have a, a different site as well yeah, so I have um, my blog that I actually recently have started posting to again after a little bit of an absence just because of life. Um, but it's called The Armchair Commentary, and you can find that at thearmchaircommentary.com. Then there's also my Facebook page, and um, I'm also on Twitter. If you look, if you look up Allie Henny on, um, or excuse me, I said Twitter, I meant to say Instagram. If you look up Allie Henny on Instagram, um, you'll find me there. It's a, it's a public page. If you have to request to follow the page, then that's not the right one. And then I'm on Twitter also um, as the armchair com. So it's short for the armchair commentary and you can, and you can find me there. Well, and I know that like, you're also, you also have a Patreon page. So like people can continue to support the work that you're doing to so sort of like push this conversation into the public arena. And um, so if people want to support you on Patreon, that's also an option too. I want to point that out. Yeah. Yeah. And, so uh, yeah. Allie Henny, just I'm <laughs> Allie Henny pretty much everywhere except for, except for Twitter. So Allie Henny and the armchair commentary. And so thank you so much again for coming on. I really appreciate your time and I really appreciate your um, wonderful perspective and, and how you do that. Like you're not, I don't feel like I've been like schooled, but I have been, but just like really gracefully and kindly. And I appreciate that. Like I'm, I can walk through the world ignorant and there's there, I'm grateful there are people like you who are willing to say, well, actually, but not just like in, in my face in such a way that like, that it's coupled with like shame. Like I'm somehow like a horrible human being because I didn't learn this somewhere along the way. And I, you know, I think I feel like I take the world like a, most human beings is like I know you're not a horrible human being but you didn't learn this along the way so here's a thought let's talk about it you know I appreciate that you do that in a in a really in a really good way but not like a I'm not gonna you're not gonna take I don't feel like you're gonna take any guff but <laughs> like you're not like oh well actually I'm not gonna ever you know speak truth and you know because it might make me look bad 
but I feel like you do that forcefully, but gracefully. And I really appreciate that about you, that you're, you're just your willingness to engage in this conversation. Well, absolutely. You're welcome. I, I really enjoy it. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Yeah, well, no problem. Listeners, we'll see you next week. And um, thanks again, Allie. And um, everybody go out and search for her and all the all the voodoo, as someone says it, all the public places, all the Twitter, all the social. Voodoo is probably not the best word. But <laughs> all the Twitter and social, all that you know, magical stuff that connects us to everyone else. So, all right. Thank you so much again. Thank right, you. So that'll, be, <coughs> so that'll be where we end it. I heard a comedian call socials the voodoo. And I was like, I thought it was funny. And then I was like, wait, that's probably not. <laughs> ah, dang it. Stupid comedians making me laugh at things that are inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I'll, I'll cut that out so we won't say voodoo on the podcast because that's someone's religion. Um, anyway, thank you so much again. So we're, I know we're still recording, but uh, that'll be where we clip it. Um, awesome. I just really appreciate you. Like, really, I know I'm for it was forever ago when my friend pointed you out and I was like, ooh, let's discuss more. And I'm so glad I finally like got to have you as a guest on the show. And, yeah, uh, I'm glad to glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. Are you going to have more episodes on your podcast? I know you. Yes, like I. Yes, I am. I need to uh, start recording. It's been there's been like different things that just have happened that have that have Life. kept me from kept me from recording. What are you saying? You have like two kids and you can't like do all the things. <laughs> yeah. You? you can't like get to that already. Like, come on. <laughs> Aren't we supposed to like? <laughs> yeah, I totally understand that. Even though like. I, I'll be at night. It's like 10 o'clock at night and then 11 o'clock at night and midnight. And I'm still editing. And I'm like, dead gummit. Yep. I'm so tired. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm really excited for your, your new episodes to come out too. I let that run a little bit long, but I wanted y'all to hear uh, when I called, <laughs> I was going to cut it out, but then I was like, real talk. Uh, I called social media voodoo. And I heard it from a comedian who I thought it was funny at the time. I was like, it's so true. I don't understand social media and I don't understand voodoo. And then, of course, I said, right, voodoo is uh, someone's religion. (laughs) And that's not what, that's not how we, it's like somebody said, I don't understand all that Christianity. I'd be like, well, uh, hang on a minute. Um, So, sorry for uh, not being very sensitive to other people's beliefs. Um, anyway, that's the end of my interview with Allie and thank you again so much to Allie. I know I said thank you like a million times, but I'm really grateful for her coming on as a guest and, um, I'm grateful that you're here and that you're listening. I'm grateful that I get to do this. I'm grateful that, um, you guys give me this amazing feedback when you reply and like, this has really been like a blessing or it's touched me or it's like really been amazing to listen to that. Um, yeah, all that, like, I need some validation. <laughs> now I probably should talk to a therapist about that, but like, it's really nice to have some validation back that people are like, that I'm not just talking out into the void that you guys are actually out there and listening. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. And, um, tune in next week. My guest will be Shani Dowell. Um, and I think you're going to love listening to her. Um, yeah. Have a great day. Thanks, mamas. Bye.